Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the East End of Long Island. Recording. We are recording. Hi, everybody. How's everyone feeling? Good. Good. So with us this week, we have Bill Sutton. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor, director of digital media for the Express News Group. And also with us today is Catherine Manu. Georgie? Hey, I'm Catherine Manu, otherwise known as Georgie. I am the co-publisher of the Express News Group. And last, but certainly not least, is Joseph Shaw. Uh, you can call me Joe. Joe Shaw, executive editor of the Express News Group. And I am Annette Hinkle. I am arts and living editor of the Express News Group. It feels really crowded out there right now. I mean, really. It does. I live in Springs in East Hampton, and we drive through the village fairly regularly. And for the first time yesterday, I felt like it was summer in East Hampton. It was very, very busy, but I will say that I was pleased to see that for the most part, with the exception of, you know, maybe three people, everybody was wearing masks, people were being responsible. Um, and it looked like a lot of the businesses were being responsible too. So that was nice to see, but it was a little jarring when I first drove in to the village just to see the abundance because I'm just so unaccustomed to it. Yeah, and it's sort of a perfect topic for what we're talking about today. Why don't you follow the law, right? On uh, Sunday, very the East End of Long Island got called out by Governor Andrew Cuomo. Not wearing a mask. He said that we were violating out here all sorts of restrictions as far as social distancing and things like that. To local governments, you are responsible for monitoring the compliance with the reopening plan. So on Sunday, during one of his daily press conferences, which he actually just announced this week, he's going to be ending as of Friday, Governor Cuomo announced that while cases are down, hospitalizations are down, um, everything is moving in the right direction statewide, that the state had received 25,000 complaints a majority of which were from New York City and the Hamptons. We have 25,000 complaints statewide. I'm not going to turn a blind eye to them. New Yorkers deserve better. Manhattan and the Hamptons are the leading areas in the state with violations. These complaints were specific to businesses, mostly restaurants and bars, not adhering to social distancing requirements. They are rampant and there's not enough enforcement. And unfortunately, you know, it it set off a little bit of a a local reaction because in terms of our police departments and our local government officials, they were scratching their heads wondering where all of these complaints are coming from because they hadn't been receiving them. That is the local government's responsibility. It was probably particularly upsetting at the time because when he made this announcement, he made it with the caveat that if 
the state starts to see regions like Long Island and New York City have more and more complaints and he feels like it's a threat to public health that the virus could end up you know spreading more um, once again that he would roll back the reopening of businesses which as everybody knows um, have been devastated by COVID um, with forced closures across the board. Mayors, county executives, you have to do your job. If we have to close, then people are going to hold you accountable. Local government, do your job. Local government, do your job. It was also partly, I think, the language he used, which was, to local governments, do your job. And I think a lot of the local governments, especially here, were a bit taken aback by that because um, I think they would tell you that the number of complaints that they've received locally is very small and that they are staying on top of it and that they are doing their jobs. And I think that was the mystification was really what came out of the local people. So basically, nobody knew what in the heck he was talking about. So I have some updated numbers. Our intrepid reporter, Kitty Merrill, who helped work on the story, sent me a couple emails. The first one is, and I'm not sure what the time frame is here, but she spoke to Southampton Town Public Safety Director Ryan Murphy, who said the county got some data back from the state following an inquiry after Sunday. And in all of Suffolk County, there were a total of 21 complaints and only one of them in Southampton, in a village, I'm not sure which village. And she also spoke to Sag Harbor Village Police Chief Austin McGuire, who said that on the East End, since June 8th, there were zero complaints filed in Sag Harbor. So we're not sure where the governor was getting those numbers. This almost feels like, like, is this just like a bunch of social media shaming that's getting to the governor? Or what do we think? Joe, do you have something to add? I think it's a combination of two things. I suspect that the governor meant to direct his comments mostly at New York City, where I think you obviously have so many more establishments, so many more people, and so many more opportunities for, for there to be concerns um, and, and likely the guard was dropped a little here and there. And I'm guessing, and this is just, this is my personal theory. We did write about it in the editorial this week as well, though, that I think a lot of people here have access to the governor in a way that not everybody does throughout the state. And so if they saw something and they were able to text the governor, which is, by the way, the way the governor said he got a lot of this information, I suspect a couple of texts of a couple of photos of a couple of places. From a couple of family members, perhaps? Maybe so. Is enough to make it appear like there's a crisis. Uh, when you do have a problem in New York City, it might be sensible to think, well, that problem probably exists out on the East End as well. But yeah, numbers are numbers. And, and I, anecdotally, I think we've all been talking about the fact that we see most people complying. I think most people, uh, and, and yes, I think there are a couple of head scratching. You drive past a couple of establishments and go, hmm, that looks like it may not be following the rules quite to the, to the letter of the law. But I think 
people for the most part have been trying to trying to keep an eye on the social distancing rules and keeping the masks on. Uh, and I think most of the businesses have as well. So this might be a good time to clarify what the laws currently are as far and I think most of the establishments they're talking about are eating and drinking establishments. It's not people going into retail stores and clamoring for sales. Well, currently outdoor dining is allowed at restaurants. Um, they are asking that people socially distance, which means there needs to be a six foot buffer between you and other people who are not in your family. Wear your masks while you get to the table and when you leave the table. And all these establishments have to file and get approved by the local municipality some kind of plan that shows that they're conforming to the social distancing rules. So no inside dining is allowed. And I'm guessing that that's perhaps what some of these people who claim they saw violations had seen. So we did hear anecdotally, I think that there was one restaurant, I'm not going to name it, there was one restaurant in Southampton Village that um, because they were doing the outdoor dining, they had their front doors propped open so that servers could come in and out and whatever, and that people were walking into the restaurant and sitting down. I don't believe from what we heard that they were being served. They were just going into the restaurant and sitting down. And when officials responded to the restaurant and asked them to exit the restaurant, they did. So I don't know if this, these were people waiting for an outdoor table, waiting to be served or whatever, but I think you're gonna have instances like that where there's some confusion or where people are overstepping a little bit. And, and again, from everything we've heard from officials, if there is an issue, if there's a business that maybe doesn't understand the rules completely, or there are patrons that don't understand the rules, and when officials do respond, these businesses and patrons are quick to conform to the rules. I wanna to say too, Georgie, you made the point that the governor's, the scolding tone also carried, you know, it's not just words. There's a real fear that singling out the region and saying, you might have to take a step back in the opening process if this keeps up. That's a real dangerous threat right now to a lot of businesses that are, that are just barely holding on. Local officials who've heard that reacted as strongly as they did because I think they know the stakes here. This is serious stuff. And if there was a step backwards in the opening in response to these concerns, a lot of businesses wouldn't survive. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can speak here not only as somebody who was covering that press conference because I was on call, but I'm also a local business owner. Gavin and I own the Express News Group. And when he suggested that if this continued, Long Island and New York would be subject to a rollback of the reopening, I mean, my veins turned to ice because it's been so challenging for all local businesses out here. Everybody's just trying to survive. And I really don't know how many businesses would survive another shutdown, which is another reason I think a lot of businesses are being responsible and are being smart and savvy. We saw restaurant groups like the Honest Man Restaurant Group, which owns Nick and Tony's, La Fondita, Coche Comodore, Townline Barbecue, putting out social media messaging this week, basically begging people to follow the rules because none of us can afford another shutdown or a rollback. I think what's also interesting is that, and this is the thing that probably gets to a lot of us, you know, when they say the Hamptons, that is like the, the sure sign 
that you're not from around here because the Hamptons is not a place. It's a series of villages, hamlets, and towns, all with a very distinct police force with a distinct characteristic. And so to say the Hamptons is just sort of, I find it a little insulting. I don't know what you guys think of it. It's a state of mind. Well, and, and that was a point that I think Southampton Town Supervisor Jay Schneiderman uh, made in a very pointed letter that he sent to the governor on Monday, noting that there's two towns in however many villages there are in, in the, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see it on the radio, but air quotes in the Hamptons and asking for specifics. Where were these complaints? What businesses, you know, were they at and, and all that? And I'm not sure if he got a response to that letter. You know, there's a couple Facebook sites where people are really into publicly shaming those who they don't feel are wearing their masks properly or are gathering in too big a crowds with no, absolutely no context or backstory. And this just sort of feels like, you know, like you were saying, Joe, I feel like did the governor just get some text from some very well-placed friends who happen to see things out of context or I don't know. Yeah. And the shame, the shaming of this too, it bothers me a little. I think we ran a letter to the editor this week where a letter writer said something about, and I'm still seeing people out on the golf course without masks. Okay. Well, I'm a golfer and I can tell you that I have been golfing and we are observing social distancing rules on the golf course. You don't need to wear a mask on the golf course. You stay six feet away from everybody. You use nobody's sharing carts or anything like that. They've even gone so far on a golf course as to make it so that you don't touch the flags. They, they've put pool noodles in the holes or they've done some other things to make the holes shallow so that you don't have to take the flag out ever. You don't have to touch anything. But my point is somebody who feels like, oh, well, you should be wearing a mask when you're on the golf course. Well, that's not accurate. That doesn't mean you're not following the rules because when I'm around the clubhouse, I have my mask on. When you're on the golf course, we, you know, the foursome I play with, we make a point. We tap putters now instead of, uh, instead of fist butting or uh, fist bumping or, or hand slapping, uh, we, we, we bump putters. That's, that's our way of uh, celebrating a good shot. We don't pat each other's bottoms like they do in other sports. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, and look, I think also what was kind of frustrating in here is that a lot of us have looked to Governor Cuomo as this real leader throughout this whole process. And he has been, undeniably so. Um, his, his daily press conferences have been really informative, but, you know, I've also gotten a lot of people through this crisis um, feeling like there was some security and that we had leadership, at least on the state level, that was going to responsibly deal with this for the most part. And so when he had this Sunday press conference, and then when we're hearing from police chiefs and local officials that there's not actual data as far as they can tell to back this up, it's just really disappointing. You know, let's take it this way, though. The governor actually got our attention. And I, I, think, I think it's something we've been talking about for a few days, and it was a little outrage and a little uh, upset. But at the same time, the message that he sent, which is that we can't begin to act like we're out of this thing. We're still in this thing, and we need to be careful and, and treat it with the, the severity that it needs to be treated. That message was delivered. Now, like a father, sometimes a father will sometimes yell at you to get your attention. Um, I think there was a little bit of that. I think maybe it was a, it was intentionally a little bit over the top in tone 
to get everybody's attention. I think everybody paid attention to that, but it, the message itself is an important one. We do need to keep all these measures in place. Uh, we do not want to see a resurgence in the fall. We have, we have attained this level of success because New Yorkers have been committed to this. Um, I'm actually really proud of the effort that this state has made, considering all of the challenges that it had, both the state and the region, New York City even. I, I just think it's remarkable the, the success we've had in tamping this thing down. But you can't drop your guard now. Why make up all this ground just to give it up in the end? It just wouldn't make any sense. So on similar topic, is, is there a big concern about open container violations? Georgie? So that was something that he actually brought up at the press conference, reminding people that there is an open container law in New York State, which means you can't walk down the street drinking an alcoholic beverage. We're not in New Orleans. Um, and I do think that that has been something that local police officials have said they're a little concerned about because obviously restaurants are doing takeout and they are allowed to sell alcohol as a part of their takeout orders. Now, they're not supposed to sell alcohol by itself. They are supposed to only sell alcohol when they are also selling a food item to someone. And, you know, restaurants, it's going to be very challenging for them to control, as somebody in our editorial meeting pointed out today, when somebody leaves the establishment with that beverage, you know, a restaurant manager isn't going to follow them down the street to make sure they're not <laughs> drinking them. That's really going to be something that's going to be code enforcement is going to have to be on top of and local police departments. And I know that uh, Mayor Kathleen Mulcahy in Sag Harbor said that was a conversation she was going to be having with Chief McGuire this week. However, I covered the police logs in East Hampton Village, East Hampton Town and Sag Harbor, and I haven't seen some flurry of open container violation complaints um, or violation tickets being issued. So if it is happening, it's not something that people are being ticketed for in mass. So on, on Thursday today, uh, Governor Cuomo, as part of his second to last daily briefing, did announce that he was signing an executive order that's going to allow the state liquor authority to immediately suspend liquor licenses for bars and restaurants that break social distancing requirements. So, so I, I imagine he's hearing those complaints and, and this is his, you know, his reaction to it. I don't know how many SLA inspectors there are checking complaints out, but, um, but that's interesting that they're going to have an immediate power to do that. I have to say, we should try and end on a high note that uh, we were talking this past week about the fact that there's a couple of week lag uh, where you start to see if there's going to be a spread of the virus uh, when uh, conditions change. Uh, there's going to be a few weeks before those numbers start to show. We're, we're far enough out now where we should start to see the impact of May when the weather got warmer and people started coming out more. And, and we had we, this anecdotal evidence, a lot of people on the streets and people around. And then you had Memorial Day started in early June. We're starting to get into the point where if there's a danger, we would start to see numbers going up. And we aren't seeing that. So in a positive sense, there's, there's reason to be optimistic that this is all working and it's all going well and we may get to a real summer of some sorts eventually after all. Uh, but 
I just the takeaway here has to be, and I think the governor taking tougher measures to try and enforce it, we can't get stupid at the end and lose all of the ground we've made up till now. Summer is one thing, and summer is important to us. There's no question. It's important to the local economy. It's important to, to everybody who's here. But there is a future beyond summer as well. And we have to be careful that we don't mortgage our long-term future by making bad decisions in, in the short term. Wear your mask, stay safe, and don't walk around the streets of the Hamptons with an open container. Yeah, don't make the governor yell at us again. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly NPR show, Jazz Inspired, airing locally on WPPB 88.3 FM, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and SagHarborExpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.